All right, well, we can get started today. Welcome, everybody. Um, I, love, I love teaching at the 9 a.m. You guys are strong-willed. Man, that snow was nuts, right? I mean, man, that was crazy. So good to have you guys here today. If you're new or visiting, um, like Brian said, my name is Joe. Um, I'm on staff here with H2O. Um, well, hey, before we get started, um, I wanted to uh, wish my mother a happy birthday. She couldn't make it here today, but uh, she's going to be watching on the video. So, Mom, happy birthday. So thankful for all the wisdom uh, you've taught me as well. Thank you, guys. I uh, appreciate that. And so with that, uh, we will get started today. Uh, like Brian said, we are continuing our series today called Do Something. And so the heart of this series is, is really trying to inspire you to action, and, you know, when we think about in the midst of the new year and starting thinking about resolutions and making changes to your life, it's going to require you not just to dream about it, but actually to do something about it, to actually lead yourself to action. And in order to have any sort of change in our lives, we have to take action. We have to do something. Now, the goal isn't just to act for the sake of acting, but hopefully you want to act in order to make positive changes to your life. Um, and, you know, and I'm sure many of you have already thought about your New Year's resolutions. How many of you have set New Year's resolutions in this room? How many of you? Okay. How many of you have broken your New Year's resolutions? A few of you. Good. I have as well. Um, you know, maybe you're thinking about this year how you can eat healthier or work out more or spend more time with God or watch any other show besides The Office uh, this year, finally. <laughs> I love The Office, great. It's a good show, obviously, in 2010. It was a really awesome show, but there's a lot of great shows um, out there I would encourage you to check out on Netflix. Um, but uh, I got some laughs, good. Um, but as we're thinking about resolutions and things we're trying to do, hopefully it's leading to good change in your life. And for us at H2O and why we're doing this series is we believe the most positive thing you can do this year is to grow in your relationship with Jesus and to determine what God's will is for your life. And so last week, Brian hit on the idea of faith and the value of taking your faith as motivation for the things that you do. And this week, I'm going to be talking about wisdom and how to determine if the decisions you are making are the right decisions in your life. You know, I'm just curious, and you can just raise your hand, how many of you are processing through a major decision right now? In fact, a big decision that's going to impact your year. Okay, well, keep your hands up if it's stressing you out a little bit. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, a few of you are processing through that. You know, when it comes to making decisions, it can be quite stressful. You know, it, it, it can be a lot on your plate, especially the bigger the decision is. Maybe you're thinking about this year looking for a new job or changing your major again or moving to a new place or trying to figure out what sports you would like your kids to be a part of or what schools you'd like your kids to be a part of. Of, or maybe you're thinking about, should you continue dating this person, or should you get married, or whatever it might be. There's a lot of things we're processing through this year that are going to impact your life. And studies have shown that human beings are highly motivated to avoid making decisions they will regret. And this can cause us to ask ourselves, what should I do? And, and am I making the right choices? 
And, you know, when I think about big decisions in my life, I've had to ask myself these questions as well. You know, a big decision that I had to go through um, a couple years ago was going through the process of getting married. Um, and if, if, if you know my, my wonderful wife, Sammy, she's amazing. Um, and getting married to her has been one of the greatest decisions, I feel like, of my life for sure. But going through that season, um, and if you're, you know, married, you know this, how impactful and how life-changing getting married really can be. And maybe you're thinking, too, about marriage and about that impact on your life and what it'll look like and who you're going to marry to. And when I was making that decision process, you know, I, I was like, okay, I love Sammy. She loves me. That's a start. That's a good place to start. <laughs> um, and we hit a point where we said, hey, we want to spend our life together. And we started asking, what would that look like? And, you know, as, as we began praying through, we started seeking wise counsel, and we started um, reading God's Word, and it talked about the beauty of marriage and how important it is, and we, we were seeking God's direction through prayer, and we were comforted, and we made the decision. And, you know, and through that process, what gave me peace was knowing that I wasn't alone, that I had God with me every step along the way throughout the process. And so I would say for you, whatever decisions you're going to be going through this year, I want you to know that God is with you, and God wants to guide you and give you peace through it. In fact, God has given all of us a tool that we can use in determining what decisions are the right decisions for our life, and that tool is wisdom. And so wisdom, what is wisdom, and you know, how do we use it? Well, wisdom is way more than just knowledge. It's way more than just knowing stuff. I think especially at BG, being a college town, we really value intellect and people who know a lot of things. Well, wisdom is, is way, way more than that. In fact, a definition of wisdom is this, uh, if you want to write this down, it's the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. So I'll say it again. It's the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. And so wisdom is using all of these elements, and it's a virtue and should lead to beneficial and a productive life. Um, and, and it's really looking at everything and looking at the, what is the best course of action to take from here. It's a lifestyle. Now, you might be thinking, and if you're honest, this is okay, you might be thinking, oh, great, we're going to talk about wisdom. That sounds as interesting as hearing somebody talk about brushing their teeth, you know. Um, <laughs> and and I'll, say, I'll say, just like if you avoid brushing your teeth, it can end up bad for you. Avoiding growing in wisdom is, is, can really affect every aspect of your life. And if you look at your life and maybe some of the choices you made over the years, some of the wrong choices, I bet you if you look at yourself, it's probably because of lack of judgment or lack of wisdom. And so we really need wisdom in our lives to help us and to help us to, to grow. Um, and what's great about wisdom is um, it's, it's unique because unlike athletic, athletic ability or high IQ, um, you can continue to grow in wisdom. There is really no cap on that. You can continue the process of becoming more and more wise. And that's, that's what encourages me, and it is awesome because it is God-given as well. And so how do we grow in wisdom? Well, there's actually three ways, if you look at your own life, that we grow in wisdom. The first way, if you want to write this down, is internal, internal wisdom. 
This is experience gained from you. This is experience that you learn throughout your daily life. Um, when I was a kid, I touched the stove. It was hot. I never touched it again. <laughs> um, you know, and these are the daily experiences, your internal wisdom that you experience. Um, a second type of wisdom is external wisdom. This is wisdom gained from others. This is from reading books. This is um, from spending time with mentors, leaders, um, parents, um, people in your life that have a lot of wisdom that they've experienced, and they have the ability to give that to you through your relationship with them. And then a third type of wisdom is eternal. And this wisdom is gained only through relationship with God, his word, and prayer, and seeking his will. And so you might be asking, you know, why do I need this? You know, what's the point of this? You know, why do I need eternal wisdom? Well, the main reason for that is because the first two levels of wisdom, internal and external, actually have limits. If you only focus on the first level, internal wisdom, then you're going to be thinking you're the smartest person in the world. And, you know, that's, there's that phrase that experience is a cruel teacher, and you're going to be going through life and experiencing things. It's going to be really hard for you um, if you're only learning from your own experiences. And then external wisdom is really good. It's obviously a good thing we should all be seeking to do. But at some point, you have to ask yourself, which course of wisdom is the correct direction and which one is the wrong direction? There's a lot of people out there who are claiming to say they have wisdom and they have the right direction, but are actually leading people down the wrong path. There was this uh, Netflix documentary I watched this year called Wild Wild Country. Um, it was kind of popular among a few group of, groups of people that I interact with. And this documentary, it was insane. Um, it talked about this story of this cult that developed in Oregon. And, and they were just doing some really, really crazy things. There was murder and different things like that. And I was blown away as I was watching this documentary about um, how these people could get caught up in this little group. Um, and many of them were really smart. They went to Ivy League schools. They were lawyers, doctors, all these different things. But they were caught up by this guru who is leading them down a poor direction. And I think when we look at external wisdom, we have to reach a point again where we say, is this true? Is this leading us down a right path? And what's true about the Bible and Christianity is we believe in ultimate truth. We don't believe truth is relative, like some would have us to believe, but we believe there is an ultimate truth. And finding a relationship with Jesus and walking with him is how we can find truth. Just like walking with a compass leads to true north, walking with God leads us to true truth. In fact, Proverbs uh, 3.19 says this, The Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth, and by understanding, he established the heavens. And so eternal wisdom is how we grow closer to God and grow, this, um, grow in his wisdom. Eternal wisdom has no limits because we're learning from the God who made the universe and everything in it, the God who Proverbs says in Proverbs 3, 6, that for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And so what's great about this, guys, is eternal wisdom has no limits because we, we are learning from a limitless God who actually gives you all the wisdom that you need throughout your life. And so this is the type of wisdom that we need to be seeking. We need to be daily seeking God's wisdom because it fully comes from him. And so how do we do that? How do we gain 
eternal wisdom. Well, we're going to talk about three practices that you can develop in your life and how you can develop eternal wisdom. And there are three of them. There are this, um, if you can write them down. First is uh, prayer. Second is counsel. And the third is scripture. So prayer, seeking God in prayer. Counsel, having wise counsel around you. And then third, reading God's word. Scripture. And doing all these things will help lead you into the walking in the way of wisdom. And so, first thing we'll talk about is prayer. And so, James 1.5 says this, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it generously to all without reproach, and, will, and it will be given. So the Bible is clear that we, if we need wisdom, which we all do, we need to go to God and ask him for it in prayer. Now, what's interesting about asking people for things, that can be very difficult, if we're honest. Uh, many of us like feeling like we have it all together, and we don't like asking for help, especially if you're a guy in the room. It can be really difficult to ask for help um, and directions um, in our lives, but we really need to ask for wisdom because we don't have it. We can only gain it from learning and growing closer to God. And when I think about asking for wisdom, I think of the story of uh, Solomon um, in the Old Testament. Solomon was one of the richest and wealthiest leaders of all time. And Solomon, when he became king of Israel, he was very young, and it was a very rough time in Israel's history. There was some little bit of turmoil in his family and everything else happening in the nation. And so there was a lot of pressure on Solomon as he was stepping in to leadership. And so what he did was he went to God in prayer, and he said to God, hey, God, help me, help me in this. And what he asked God for, he could have asked God for power, he could have asked God for um, any sorts of things, victory over his enemies, riches, different things, but he just said, hey God, give me wisdom, give me direction. And God was so pleased with him that he gave Solomon wisdom. In fact, the Bible talks about how he became the richest man, or the, the, not only the richest man, but the wisest man who ever lived. And so, what I'm encouraged by this story is that Solomon asking for wisdom and God giving it to him, if he was able to do that for Solomon, he can do that for us as well. And so when we go to God in prayer, we need to be asking for wisdom on any decisions that we need to make. Now, when we talk about prayer, a big thing that people process through, and I've talked to people through this before, is that sometimes there's some stress or frustration when it comes to prayer, because sometimes people will say, well, I went to God and I didn't really get anything from it, so I don't know if I want to do that again. Well, um, I would say this, you know, often when people say that, the reason for that is because maybe they were looking for either God's audible voice, or they were looking for a clear direction or a clear feeling um, from God, where God would say somehow to you, go this way. Among all these decisions, go this way. That's my exact plan for you. Um, and God doesn't always operate like that. Sometimes he does, but in most cases, we're going to have good decisions in front of us, and we're really just going to be praying that God would give us wisdom th through the decisions that we're making. And when, I, when we pray, we're really praying, the goal of prayer is to really have the right heart and to trust that we're in God's hands and he's going to lead us every step of the way. You know, 1 John 5.14 says this, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so when I pray, I want to ask God just for a clear heart, clarity in my mind, and that he would give me wisdom in the decision process through big decisions and small decisions. 
You know, um, recently, me and my wife went through a uh, decision process of our own. Um, We were processing through purchasing a new vehicle. Now, I know you might hear that, and you might be thinking, oh, man, you asked for a car? That's kind of a small thing to ask. That's kind of a weird thing to ask God for. Well, we believe, you know, in our family, we want to ask God for big things and small things because we believe he cares about every aspect of our life. And so for us, we needed a new vehicle. I was driving a 1999 Lincoln Continental. It was a clunker. It was awful. Um, uh, it had uh, one of the windows was taped up so it wouldn't fall down. It was really uh, falling apart. Um, and I took it into Sockman's, who's a mechanic in town, last year, and he told me, uh, never drive this out of Bowling Green, please. <laughs> and so, I, so I, I just kept it in Bowling Green. Um, and then uh, recently I took it in and he said, you should stop driving this car altogether. It's not safe anymore. Um, and so I was like, okay. So uh, we started looking for a new vehicle. And uh, we found one that we thought we liked up in the, the Michigan, Detroit area. And um, it was interesting because every time we called to make an appointment, they would call us back and reschedule us. And this happened like two or three times. And we were starting to get kind of frustrated because we we're like, man, we, we want a car and they keep like pushing this back. I, don't, they, I guess they don't want to sell us a car. I don't know. This is strange. And so uh, in that moment, we, me and Sammy just kind of sat together and we said, let's, let's pray about this. Let's seek God's direction for this. And so we took a moment and we just really prayed. And we asked that God would give us the right hearts and we would be good stewards with whatever car we ended up buying. And it was crazy because a couple days after this, Sammy was on Facebook and she was uh, coming across her friend from high school who was selling her vehicle. And we were blown away because this vehicle was right in our price range and it was more of the type of car we were looking for. And we were just so encouraged. We reached out and we were able to purchase that vehicle. And going through that season, it reminded me how God is so good and how he's with us every step of the way. And that when we go to him in prayer, he'll lead us. And so for you in your life, whatever decisions you're going through, I would really encourage you to really take time, even this week, to pray and to really seek God for the decision process and pray that you would have the right heart. And so that's the the first thing we need to do. As we grow in wisdom, we need to pray. The second thing is this. We need wise counsel. We need to have wise counsel in our lives. Proverbs uh, 13.20 says this. Whoever walks to the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. Excuse me. So when we look at Scripture and when you even look at your own life, We need people in our lives to give us wisdom and direction. Wisdom is going to be mostly gained, I think, through this point, through having wise people around you that give you direction in your life. And it's so important to make sure those are the right people. Um, When I think of a poor example of this, I think of the story in the Old Testament of Rehoboam. Um, Rehoboam was the son of Solomon, and when he became king, he was met by the people of Israel, and they came to him, and they said, hey, Rehoboam, first of all, Rehoboam's a weird name. I wouldn't name my kid that, never do that. Um, And so they said, hey, Rehoboam, your name's interesting, but we're going to have you as our king now, Um, and we would like it if you would lower our taxes. And so they they said, hey, we, we would like a little bit of help in our taxes here, and the reason was, was because Solomon actually taxed the people quite a bit. There was a lot of building projects, and they wanted Um, Rehoboam to kind of loosen their burdens a little bit. And so Rehoboam said, hey, um, 
that's a great idea. I'm going to talk to some people and, get, and I'll give you an answer. And so first he went to some older people who were with Solomon and um, gave Solomon advice and counsel. And the older counsel said, okay, you should do this. That would be really good for you um, and the nation. And he went to them and then he went to people that were younger, that were some of his friends. And he said, hey, what should I do? And his friends said to him, you should exert your authority. Don't, give, don't loosen the burdens of the people. In fact, put more burdens on them and show them what kind of king you're going to be. And Rehoboam ended up listening to the younger council, and it cost him dearly. Um, it ended up causing civil war in the nation, and the nation ended up splitting in two. And when I think of that story, I think of the value and the importance of having good counsel in your life. You know, sociologists say you are the average of the five closest people to you. Who you spend your time with really reflects who you are and who you're becoming. And I think that's just so true. And honestly, if you look at maybe some of the foolish choices you've made in your life, I bet you it's because somebody led you that way. And I'm not saying we need to get rid of you know, all of our friends. I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is maybe, and you might need to ask yourself, maybe you need to redefine some of the relationships in your life because maybe some of those friends aren't leading you in the way of wisdom, and what you need to do is you need to put people in your life that are leading you on the path of wisdom. You know, for me, I've experienced this um, so much in my life. When I first came to college, um, I began learning uh, that I wasn't very teachable, that um, I, I would, you know, when people would kind of talk to me and say, hey, I see this in your life, you need to probably do this, I would push back and I would get very defensive. Um, and so what I began noticing, though, is I began reading God's word, and I began communicating with others is that I wasn't wise, um, and that I was going down the wrong path at times. And so I started just praying that God would help me to become teachable and put wise people in my life. And so I started doing that. I started developing some really amazing friendships um, that are still lasting till today. And I have people in my life that I go to, and I tell them, hey, you can tell me anything, and I'll receive it. You can tell me anything you want, and I'll try to listen to it. I may not like it, but I know that you're a wise person, and I'll take your advice and guidance. And I would say for you, who are those people? Who are the people in your life that give you wisdom and give you counsel? And if you don't have those people, I would encourage you to reach out to them, whether it's a parent, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a friend, uh, whoever it might be, reach out to them and say, hey, help me. I want to become teachable. Help me grow in wisdom. And as we grow in wisdom, we'll become more wise as we put wise people around us. And so first thing was prayer, moving, moving along. Second thing was we need counsel in our lives. And the final thing is we need scripture. We need God's word to fill us. Second Timothy 3.16 says this, um, that reading God's word will make you wise for salvation. And what's so cool about reading God's word is we get to know who the character of our God is. We get to see his story and how it can transform us. And we get to learn how to follow him and walk in his commands. You know, when I think of a story about how the Bible can really change people, I think of the story again in the Old Testament. It was about this king named Josiah, and he was a 
far descendant of Solomon. Um, and Josiah, when he became king of Israel, the nation of Israel was really a mess. It, it was, there was a lot of foolishness. There was idol worship. People were not following God. But Josiah, when he became king, he really had a heart for the Lord and wanted the nation to really turn. Um, and so they started doing some repairs on the temple where people would worship God in those days. And um, as they were doing repairs, they came across this book. And this book was actually the first five books of your Bible. It was uh, the writings of Moses. And, um, and they were like, wow, what is this? And so they started reading it, and they were so blown away by the words of the Bible, and they were so encouraged by it that they started to change. They were, they were like, man, we, we are totally off. We are totally far away from God's plan for our nation and for our lives. We need a change, and they repented and made changes in the nation. And I think what's cool about this story is that this is God's word. We get to know the character of the God we serve. You know, I was talking with somebody recently, and they said, you know, I don't really feel like I need to read the Bible, or I don't really feel like I need to spend time in God's word. My God's way bigger than that. My, you know, I, I can spend time just praying, and that's all I need. Well, and I would say this, that's foolish, because the truth is God reveals himself to us. We would not know God if he didn't reveal himself to us, and he's chosen to reveal himself through Scripture and through the people that have experienced God working in the world. And, um, and, and by reading God's word, we get to know who he is, and we get to learn, again, his character and how we ought to live. And, you know, some people, you know, they, they approach the Bible like a magic eight ball. You know, they open it up, they point to a random spot, and they're like, okay, God, what should I do? Okay, well, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and that's not what we're supposed to do. We need to be daily filling ourselves with God's word, daily meditating on it um, and letting it, letting it change us because the purpose of reading the Bible is about transformation. It's about growing to have a changed life. You know, an example of this that I've experienced in my life um, was in my early 20s. Um, I was in the Air Force, and I was working in this job that I did not like. It was, it was really hard, um, and it was just kind of a rough work environment. The people I was working with, um, it just made it very difficult. And so because of this, I began developing a bad attitude every time I would go in, and it created a poor work ethic, and I would just do the bare minimum just to get by and not, not ever go above and beyond. And so I started noticing in myself that there was just a lot of frustration every time I would go into work. And I just decided, okay, I'm going to start praying about this, what's going on here. And um, as I was reading in the Bible, I was reading through the book of Colossians. And I came across Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And it said this, and it really, really transformed the way I looked at work and everything else. And it says this, um, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men knowing that from the Lord you'll receive the inheritance of your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And this verse just blew me away because what I learned from this was the value and, and the importance of our work and how important it is that everything we do, big or small, is actually for worship to Jesus. And so I realized that, man, even though this is hard, I need to be working hard not for my superiors, but I need to be working hard for Jesus in order that I can be a light in this environment. And it, when that happened, God really began using me, and, the, and that environment really changed by really taking in this verse and applying it to my life. And that happened through daily reading, daily meditation in God's Word. And I would challenge you 
to start really reading through the Bible. If you haven't read through the Bible, you know, I would encourage you, start this year, you know, and, and really take time to read it daily and meditate on it. In fact, um, if you want to start somewhere, the book of Proverbs is a great place to start. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, so you could go one chapter per day and read it in a month. And, you know, and, and for me, you know, it, it's just reading it, maybe journaling a few things. It takes about 10 minutes every day, and it's that time to really meditate and learn who God is and meditate on his word. And as we do this, we will grow more and more in wisdom. And so that's the final thing is we need scripture in our lives. And, I, and as, we, as we close today, I think the biggest thing I want you to know, guys, is that we need Jesus to help us in this. You cannot do this on your own. You need Jesus' help every step of the way. Growing in wisdom is a lifestyle, and it's a lifestyle of walking closer with Jesus. The Apostle Paul says this, that it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us the wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. All wisdom, guys, comes from Jesus. Only he can give you true wisdom. And as you walk with him, he will help you in whatever decision you have in your life. And so that's my challenge for you today. And I would say, whatever decision you're going through, make sure you're taking time to pray and seek God's direction. Put wise people around you and spend time in God's word and let it fill you. And so as we close today and as the band comes up, we want to give you a time to respond and to pray through this. And so, you know, as, as, again, as the band comes up, we want you in these last songs to, you know, maybe even ask God, God, help me. And, and pray through maybe some of the decisions you're going through. Start praying through that now, that God would give you the right heart. Pray through some of the wise counsel in your life, that God would put people around you to help you. And then pray that, you know, God's word would enlighten you and you would see him more and more. And during this time of worship, we would encourage you, if you would like to respond through writing down um, what you need wisdom for, we have a whiteboard over here um, that you can go to if you wish, and you can write down um, what you're looking for wisdom for um, this year, and our staff will pray for that this week. And so with that, I'll pray for us, and then um, we can worship. God, we thank you.